0: All right, welcome back to The New York Show. This is Greg Helbeck and Michael Pinter uh, back with regular scheduled programming here. We uh, did our last show, I believe it was in person where we had Devin uh, interviewed and then we did our own little state of the market show. So anyway, I'm actually coming to the listeners from Singapore in Asia and Michael is 12 hours behind me. It's eight in the morning in Long Island. So it's a little bit of a trippy uh, time sequence here. But anyway, we're gonna talk about Novations and how do you do this exit strategy? Because I feel like every week that goes by, Michael, there's a new guy going out talking about novations And I think in five years, they'll probably be illegal. So let's make money on them now
1: before they go away. I don't think but I don't think they can ever make them illegal, right? So let's talk about, you want me to explain what they are? Yeah, you wanna... I was
0: just going to ask you that,
1: yeah. So, so I, I honestly never heard about them until maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, and the reason why i hadn't heard of them is because no one really did them right they have not been around forever this is not one you of those things at all it. it was started i think like 6 or 7 years ago by a couple of guys yeah. and it's a brilliant it's a brilliant uh what do we call it legal um tactic to make money so what, what most people are familiar with is uh, an assignment of contract or a double close where there's A to B, the seller's A, we as the investor are B, and then we assign it to C, B to C, or maybe we'll double close with the contract of B to C. So that's the simple, that, that's a simple way to understand it. With an ovation, ovation technically is a legal term that means replacement. With an ovation, you're in contract from A to B, and you are going to replace B with a new contract from A to C, right, and the, the There's a big advantages to it. There's big disadvantages to it, especially in New York. But the idea is that you, when we assign contracts, when we assign, when we assign uh, contracts, usually we need to assign them to a cash buyer because the end buyer cannot get a regular mortgage because of an assignment of contract. And Fannie, Freddie, and all the major um, government-sponsored entities that buy loans will not allow uh, a person to get a regular mortgage if the seller is. Not entitled on title at the time of contract. And we, as the seller, theoretically, when we assign, are never entitled on those things. What Innovation does is it allows you to assign or sell the contract to a regular end user buyer who can get ordinary financing. So that's an amazing advantage to it. The big the only disadvantage to it, as opposed to we're getting an assignable contract and assigning it, is that the Seller needs to be on board with it and needs to agree to allow a new a new third party to take your place. So they have to know exactly what's going on and they have to agree. And your initial contract with the seller has to have very specific language that says they allow you to do that. Um, and and the truth is the, another drawback that uh, we don't want to talk about too much is that most attorneys, sellers, sellers' attorneys have no freaking idea what this is right and it's and it's and it's it's there's an education i had to educate my own attorneys about it i literally had to go there and have her sit everybody and explain it to them and show them the documents um and they'd never seen it before and these are attorneys who've done you know tons of double closings and assignments they never seen innovation, so that is what it what it what what it what it what it is and what it allows you to, to it's allowed me and i think you to do is that we can take a deal that would never have worked um because of the numbers, let's say the numbers were too high to sell that, to make money to a cash buyer. And we can take that deal and we can make money by assigning or selling the the deal, the, the contract to an end user buyer, who will usually pay more than a cash buyer. And that when I think of all the deals through my, through the last 10 years that I've turned down because they were too thin, so just, I'll, let's give some examples. So if a seller calls me and says, I want 550, 550 is my number. And you look at you, go, I can sell this property in a second at 600. I can't take that deal to, to, to assign it because no cash buyer is going to pay me 600. Only an end user will pay me 600. And if I assign the contract, then they can't get a mortgage. And is there a one in a million chance that I'll find the cash end user buyer? Yes. But in general, most buyers are going to get financing. So that deal was a dead deal. But now that might be a deal where I can take it and possibly novate it. So um, I have two deals in the works right now, both getting second part getting signed. I know you had some of them. And why don't you talk about your your recent experiences with novations too?
0: Yeah, so they're interesting because like you said, you got to explain them to a lot of people, brokers, attorneys, sellers, your team, right? So I've had to pretty much, I should have recorded myself and just hit play and they could hear the whole damn pitch because it's like, I, I feel like I've listened to Eric Brewer enough. I kind of understand it. I used to not understand it, but anyway, so what we it took,
1: it took me a very long time to wrap my head. It around is confusing. I didn't get it? It right? doesn't make sense. Some of the and some of the things that come up. Let's just talk about some of the things that that we that we get asked or that we asked ourselves. Like, why would any seller do this? Right? Like, that's what I asked. Why question. wouldn't like, they just do it themselves? Why don't you just right? list it yourself? They just that's list it themselves. That doesn't make sense. And there's there's a really good answer to that. The answer is, you are guaranteeing them that you're going to close at that number. And by guaranteeing them and taking on whatever costs, um, inconveniences, repairs, problems that come from a ordinary buyer buying that house to a lot of people, that is worth it. I know that you're going to buy it at that price. If the if the end buyer doesn't perform, you have to come and close on the deal. That's the tricky part. We should talk about more yeah, of that that's later. Hairy.
0: Yeah. That's the
1: tricky part, because I almost had that situation right now in my first, my second ovation deal. Um, but I found the buyer. I'm not going to make a lot of money on it. We'll talk about our specific examples, but, but it actually works, right? You're going to a seller. It's very often a seller just has a number in mind. I want this number. It could be for a million reasons. That That's the number they need. And that number could be, there could be a significant spread between that number and what you can sell it on the open market. But they want the convenience and certainty that somebody like you or me provides. And they they know they could probably get more, but they maybe they had a bad experience listing a property. Maybe they got screwed with a buyer who who uh, got out of the contract uh, due to a mortgage contingency at the last second. And they want that certainty and convenience we provide. And with Novation's, you can provide them that certainty and hopefully find an end user buyer who's gonna make you uh, get uh, earn the profit on the spread.
0: Yeah, and that's where they, there is a lot of value. And I'll share an example on a deal we're doing right now. This is actually in another state, but it's still the same concept. So I never spoke to the seller. So this is all from Brett. But basically the long and short is that He's got a decent property down in Delaware. It needs a little bit of work, but it's not terrible. He has a number that he's stuck with. He doesn't want to deal with the traditional process of just getting jerked around, right? Let's just, that's just the way it is with retail buyers. Like you and I have done this so many times. And I told Brett, I said, well, there's two options. Cause what happens is Brett will then gather all the information and come to me and I'll explain to him the, the, the numbers. So I said, we can make the guy a cash offer of like, I think it was like, maybe like 200 or something. It was pretty low. And I said, if he wants to do innovation then, or direct to retail as Todd Toback says, then we'll offer him like 230, 240. And he took a, took a jump on it. I think he took two, no, sorry, 260, 260, I apologize. So 260, he signed the contract and it's actually actively on the market right now for 310, I think, yeah, 310. So what that's a fifty thousand dollar gross spread, right? After you pay a broker and everything, it'll if it shakes out, probably twenty grand in profit. But here's where the value is if that closes, obviously, is that that is revenue that I would have never generated if I didn't have this tool in my tool belt. And let's say you do one of those a month and you don't have any other additional marketing costs. That's
1: another 240K in your market net. If you do net. two a year, it's free, it's free money. It's free it's, money. It's deal- Deals that I never would have had. I, I, yes. I, that's why I think back. I think of so hundreds oh of that I've see. said no to, that you've yeah. said no to, that this can make them possible, right? And I tell people, you know, if you're going to let me do a novatable contract, and they, obviously they don't know what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> I can pay you more. And for some people, that number, whatever that number is, is all that matters. They don't care about anything else. Um, yeah. So I had a situation where the guy wanted five and a quarter. You see, I, this was going on for a long time. Where, was where time. was this? What town? New in West Hempstead. Um, the guy wanted five and a quarter. I felt like it was a six hundred house. Now this was before the market shifted, so now it's l- lower. I exactly. sort of had bad timing on this, but I understand that that's going to happen. Um, And I said, worst case, I could buy it at five. So, that, so let's so at five and a quarter. And I had a I had somebody right away at five seventy five. So that was a good deal. That guy fell apart when the market shifted, and now I'm going to contract at five forty. So I'm going to make a few thousand dollars on it. But that was a deal that I never ever would have gotten into, under contract with ever. Um, and there's a million deals like that. And that's what, what the beauty of novations is. And it's funny because Eric Brewer, right. And Eric Lacha and those guys in York, in the York, Pennsylvania area, th- their novation is almost a little different than ours because what they deal with a lot of, and they, and they do both of those guys do a lot of business. What they do a lot of is they take houses at around hundred grand that need repairs to get them to FHA level. That's what they are. And there are people that's who just, so
0: cheap. I can't even believe like people pay that much for houses. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah.
1: Anyway. All day, all day in that area, in the in middle of Pennsylvania. So they have people who have a house that needs 10 grand, 20 grand to make it into a $150,000 house. That's and, and they have a number of, let's say, 100. And these guys are taking it. They're making the repairs to them. And then, and then they're making the spread on it and making 30, 40, 50 grand on these deals, right? For us, it's not, it's very rarely a repair issue. Although I have a deal that might need some repairs that I'm innovation on that I'm in, hopefully going to innovate so shortly. Um, But for us, it's really, because we have bigger spreads uh, in a lot of the areas we deal with for us, it's sometimes that spread is more than enough that you'd be happy with the profit, but you can't close on it and then sell it because our closing costs are so high. Yeah, that's where um, New York's a problem. And I can't find, and we can't find a cash buyer at that price either. But there is enough of a spread, right? With an ovation. So if there's a $50,000 spread, let's take an example. By me, most of the areas I buy, it costs me 50 grand. The closing costs on the buy, closing costs on the sale and holding costs. But if I can novate it and have no closing costs, then it's a deal, right? I, I'll take 50 grand. And the, the only real expense, as you mentioned before, is you're going to have to pay, you not always, but you, you may have to pay a buyer's agent, uh, 2% on it. So the 50,000 well, listing
0: agent, supply. if you're not, if you don't represent yourself, so you might have to pay
1: 4% total, maybe 4%. Percent. Right? For me, I, I'm always representing myself in, yeah. in, in New York, but so, but I figure on a 500,000 idea, that's 10 grand. So, but if I have a 50,000 yeah. spread and I have to pay 10 grand, plus legal fees. It's a whole, it's a great deal, right? It's Who a straight up double cost
0: though. Who pays the transfer tax and all that bullshit? The buyer?
1: i'm only paying transfer tax on the on the on the spread so the buyer the seller is going to pay the transfer tax on most of it that you would have paid anyway unless i agree to cover it if there's enough of a spread. Wow. but the, transfer, the transfer tax is not a lot i mean it's $4 the buyers dollar. buying the
0: title policy and everything so it doesn't even matter like there's no other really ancillary costs besides the, the commission and the transfer tax you know
1: no and then just and then just legal fee but you had that on any deal anyway so yeah so it really opens up a whole new world. And it's, again, as you said, it took me a long time to wrap yeah. my head around it. I could not get it. Eric Lacho is the one that really got me, got explained it to me where I could do it. Eric Brewer was great too. Yeah. And there's a few other guys that do there's it. a couple Corey guys Gary, popping up
0: now. Yeah. He's, Gives- he's doing them all over the country, like in like 50 states. He says he's,
1: a, he says he's primarily an ovation company. Once yeah. in a while, he'll do He doesn't it. like wholesaling. Right, and he, he th- these guys are all really good, and you want to learn novations, uh, you can learn it from them. But t- to me, to me, the way I finally understood it is, it's like an assignment. It's a replacement. The, the huge advantage is that you can assign or you can novate to an end user buyer. The disadvantage is that you have to get everybody on board. Now, what a lot of these guys do, not in New York, is they get a power of attorney. A limited power that's of attorney, so which lets them sign the secondary contract. That's amazing. That would never York, work in our area. In New York, where an attorney's representing them. There's no way in hell can let anybody sign, sign a power of attorney uh, for a transaction. So from, from I, the I, buyer, right? Get out of here. I, I sort of flushed that part down the toilet, but it still works. And and these guys told me that they don't always get the power limited power attorneys. So it still that's, works without it. So he said that I'm like, okay, this can work. Um, and it's 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 for, for you and me. For you and me, this is a tool that's gonna bring us a tremendous amount of money in the coming years because we are honestly gonna be able to do deals that nobody else is gonna be able to do. If somebody, if someone has a $600,000 house all day and they want five fifty for it or five forty for it, there is no other real estate investor in, in the world, so you and me, that's going in our area, that, yeah. that's gonna say, okay, I'll take it. Uh, they're gonna say, mm-hmm. F you, I gotta pay four twenty. Yeah, um, right. So but we can we can get it done. Now now let's talk about certain properties it works for and sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, it I was glad
0: you work. said that because there's there's it's properties you can't do this on. Doesn't
1: it's work. Right. It doesn't work if the property needs a lot of work, right? It doesn't work Unless you work donate it to if, a
0: cash buyer on the MLS, but then you might as well wholesale it at that point because you're gonna then, have to buy it deep. Point? Yeah. It's a waste.
1: It's only for a property that is mortgageable or mortgageable for a small fee, right? Sometimes there's a small issue like a FHA needs uh smoke detectors and, and railings or right? Those are things that you and I can, if there's enough of a spread, we can certainly pay for. Um, so, so it needs to be a decent property. Um, and what else? And 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 the, and, the, and there has to be enough of a spread between what the guy wants and what the, and what you're sure you it's can- It's really the
0: as-is value. You're really looking at not the ARV doesn't matter in nomation. It's what is the yeah. as-is value? And that's a number that I look for now. It's what is it worth fixed up via comps? What is it worth? Because here's something that Eric Brewer said, I want to just hit on the as-is value thing for a minute. If you look on the MLS in any market in America, like any market from Seattle to Miami, from Boston to San Diego, most sales are not ARV properties, which means that they're they're in I would call them livable not condition.
1: Perfect. Right, not perfect.
0: That's eighty five percent of the, the property. Well, that's about eighty percent of the properties. I
1: would Maybe. think that how many properties are really flipped? We think, about ten percent, we think, right? So, I would say ninety yeah. percent. Well. Some of them are in perfect condition because the person, yeah, maybe you're, you're, probably, you're probably right, 85%. You're
0: probably, yeah. Right. yeah. So most of the, the val like when people try to get the ARV, they're looking for these unicorn comparables where there's maybe one or two out of a sample size of 15. So if you really get good at the as is value and you know, like you're straight up doing an arbitrage, like it's worth 750 as is, and you can buy it for 550 because the seller wants to net that number, right? The ARV might be 825 or whatever, depending on where you are, but it doesn't matter doesn't matter. It's what is it worth now? And then you said the mortgage, the mortgageable thing you need to, and that this is where like the fact that you and I are getting into novations with a lot of experience is helpful because we know what stuff costs to fix. And I know I can go into a property and I can have a punchless contractor go in there and put paint on the, I mean, just do this, this minimal stuff, minimal, like GFI outlets and handrails and you know, um, maybe put some, fix the soffit, like stupid stuff that you would be like, oh, this is a, a minuscule item. Um, it's a huge opportunity. I mean, it's 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 crazy. And so I want to actually ask you a question, Michael, about doing this in New York, because
1: sure.
0: the, first, the other belief that I broke, obviously, <laughs> was, uh, oh, this will work anywhere but New York. And then it's like, you got, I thought about it for a while, and then I realized it would work in New York. However, let's talk about what do you need from a, and we're not attorneys obviously, but what do you need from a logistical standpoint in your agreements to do this and not have your deals die? Cause you need certain right. language and- Absolutely. So contract. you need a,
1: you need a really rider that, yeah. that that has two things in it that are not in any of the- What's a rider? Right? You mean an addendum? The rider is like an addendum to the yeah, contract. Just for the, say that, the yeah. that the seller allows this property to be, the, the contract to be novated. And the seller allows you to market it in any way that you want. That's crucial, right? Because Including we want to put the these, MLS, right? We want we want to put these things on the MLS, right? If we want to find, if we want the ability to find, uh, yeah, end user buyers, the MLS is the way that we're going to do it. And we have to we have to have that in the contract because the guy can't come back later and say no. So uh, that's crucial. Also, I think it's very important you have a discussion with the seller. Right now, I, my first novatable deal, I lost. The attorney would not do it. Right, and he end, ended up listing it on the market, and it, it's going to happen. Right, That happens all the time with any deals. But the attorney would not agree because I, when I explained to the attorney, it was a woman. We have to do a second contract here. She said, "No, I'm not doing a second contract." So one of the things I'm like she didn't I'm, want to
0: prepare a second contract.
1: Yeah, you know that in New York. It's probably less. So what I'm doing now is I'm I'm preempting that with the seller's attorney and saying, "Listen, if there are any additional legal fees, I know you're doing work twice." And by the way, one of these novitable contracts, they did like four contracts because three of the buyers fell out. Um, if there's any additional legal fees, I will cover them, right? My As per the novation agreement, I'm responsible to cover. So your, your agreement with your seller that you're gonna charge him whatever $1,500 stands. If there's additional legal fees, I'll pay them at the closing. And I think that's helped because I'm letting these guys know that this is more work for you. You don't know what the hell is going on, right? I, I know you don't know what's going on. It's gonna be a little wonky as you would say but um i'll cover any costs right if you if you there's an additional five hundred thousand thousand dollar legal fee for your extra work just bill it to me and i'll pay it and i'll pay it out of the proceeds so i think that's a good thing to say and i i recommend you doing that in new york because so, and some and it might it might still not work right but i think if, on that first attorney if i would have preempted it i might have gotten that deal for her it was like why am i going to do extra work Why? because mm. you come up with this crazy Concept of novations. I got to do a second contract. You know she, that was the way she looked at it. Incentives um, so are there. Yeah, huh? the incentives What's like
0: that? she doesn't right. like. you going to get a fee, so right? Sure. So I have
1: a guy right now, and I'm like, listen. Yeah. And the truth is, the one of the ones I'm dealing with now, they were very slow. They didn't sign it. I lost the first buyer who would have been made much more money because they couldn't get their act together. So I said something like that to them, and he got all defensive. And I'm like, listen, I understand this is brand new. You've never done this before. I yeah. know it. It's it's new. I'm not saying any, anything's wrong, but now we need to get this done now, uh, and we need because we're now another buyer. And I just want you to understand that if you have additional fees, build them to me, and I will pay them. I think when you say that to them, even if they don't, I don't know if they're going to end up billing me or not. But it makes them feel at ease. Like, yeah, you like I understand this is not typical, and it's maybe more work. But if it costs, but we want to build build this more on Pinter, an extra grand, he'll pay us. <laughs>
0: It's, it's understandable, especially too, and now we're, we're like starting to get better at these as we make more offers, obviously. That's the first thing is the attorney. So you, the attorney needs to agree. So just for the listeners, the seller's attorney needs to agree to a novatable, co- which basically just means in plain English that you're gonna send back a request for the original contract that says that you're basically allowed to replace your contract, which is what novation means. Right. And as long as the seller signs that, right?
1: There's one more document that's uh-huh. important, and that's the, another question that everybody comes in their head: How do I? How am I protected? Right? If there's only A to C contract, how do I get paid? So there's an ovation agreement that's sent that's signed by the sell the seller and after you, you
0: find a buyer or before you find a buyer?
1: Uh, after you find a buyer that says, hey, this contract between John Smith and and Michael Pinter is now going to be changed to John's uh, that was at five twenty five is going to be a new contract between John Smith and John Doe at 550 seller has to see it and agree to it and any proceeds that are in any any expenses that come up with that contract uh, are going to fall on me and any additional proceeds that come from that contract are going to come to me that's the that is the document that legally protects protects us
0: can you record that or no i I would probably start recording i might start recording because think about it like if if someone let's say the attorney is really shady you know, maybe they have electronic copies, but you could just put that in the paper shredder and say, Fuck
1: Listen, you. You, you know, could be. I mean, I, we have a copy. I would, I would, I'd certainly, I'd certainly sue them if they, oh, they yeah, didn't.
0: yeah, for sure. I'm just thinking, like, in my head here, that's, I don't know, a big I don't know deal. Were,
1: you know, art. In other states, they'll record anything. I mean, you could you can write uh, something on a piece of toilet paper, bring it to we the can county, record and say, hey, it what, online, what, two for seconds eight, for eight for eight dollars, right? For us, it's yeah. like a couple hundred dollars to record, and and they're and the, the clerks are like, what is I don't know what it is. You you left out a dot on on a N and a cross on a yeah. T, yeah. We're yeah. Rejecting it, right? So what the hell would we even call that novation? I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, I
0: mean, like i it's like a, it's all. Well, I know what you could do. I'm not an attorney, but basically, you could, you could pretty much file like a lien that is like a, that's what people do in other States. They basically put a lien on the property, like almost like a contractor lien, like a mechanics lien, but they're not fixing anything. And they're putting that on the property. And then that gets real. So the way that some of these other guys get paid, this is interesting, is they'll record a lien for the novation fee amount. Like let's say it's 20 grand. And then at settlement, when the bank is gonna fund it, they'll issue a lien release and they'll pay it
1: off not it's so easy in our crazy. in our counties to no. record lien. no it's not so simple in other states like people do that mechanics lean you need to be a licensed mechanic like i you need to be a licensed contractor i don't know if there is a way i'm i'm open to it but i i, I don't know about it yet They're, the the clerks by our counties are such Oh, fast. the
0: orange County's a joke it's it takes they, reject anything
1: to they can they they almost love to reject things i just had a a deed that was rejected on a deal I closed it nine months ago because of some stupid thing that I need to re- to, to correct. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I, I didn't do it. It's a title company thing. But so, I, listen, if there's a way to protect us, I'm all for it. If you find some 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 way well, to do it, i In I'm,
0: New I'm, York, I'm, you know the golden rule. Like, it's, you really can't get screwed because of the attorneys, which is the downside of New York too. It's like, you you have so right. much protection.
1: The like, double-edged, double-edged sword. It's tough yeah, for us to get it's in. To reject, but no one's getting out. Like, But in other, in other countries, ca- in other places where it's so easy to get in and out of contract, yeah. it's also easier to record things. So they, re- they record their contracts or a memorandum. Oh of yeah, contract, I've done a, it. A, 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 a notice of contract, right? Every state's different, right? Every county's different. Some w- want you to call it a notice of contract. Some want you to call it a memorandum of contract. Some let you actually just take their contract and record it. And that clouds title sometimes. But by us, it's not so simple. But because there's attorneys involved, it's very rare, no. very rare that an attorney going to want to risk you know, getting into trouble over something like this.
0: No, you can't. But the the, the document you said, though, the novation agreement, that is critical. You need that done. And the thing, I'll tell you something I like about novations that I, I realized after testing them is they're actually more transparent than an assignment, right? Because if you have an assignable contract and it is clear as day that you can assign it, you can sell that to Joe Smith and technically you can do whatever you want. And you could say, he's your partner, he's your contractor, he's your banker, he's your, you know, your, your, your priest, whatever. But once that contract's out of your hands, like you're done with a novation, you're telling the seller like what you're doing off the bat and they're either going to agree to it or not agree to it, but there's really no murky water. Like the seller knows they're going to net X. They know you're probably going to make Y. I think it's a more transparent process, at least from how we've done it. Like, the sellers don't give a shit. they're just like whatever because they want I their agree.
1: number i agree 100 percent. i know? agree and i it's crazy i absolutely agree i, I think it's it, in a way it makes me happier to be more transparent too i'm not that transparent i'm not as transparent as you are you're better at that than i am uh, um, wholesales it's probably just bs in my head where i feel like if i get into the assignability of the hey i'm going to go out into the market that i'm going to lose some of my sellers might just be in my head, but you're better at that than I am. But I agree that Novation's, you're much clearer about what's going on and the seller's fine with it.
0: But you know, it's funny, Michael, we, um, since we started doing this Novation offer, like that was, we incorporated it. We've been so much more transparent with our wholesale deals. Cause I used to be pretty transparent about it. And unless it's a smoking deal that I'm gonna guarantee buy it, whether I wholesale it or not, we're telling the seller, like we're wholesaling this property, especially now with the market changing. We're like, listen, we can offer you this solution. Our one caveat is we need to be able to have like 14 days to find a buyer. I just signed a price reduction for 30 grand this morning in Singapore that says she's taking 30 grand less and I can still wholesale the house. Like literally, like that's how transparent we're being because of the, well, the market, that's a different story, but it's the deals you lose by being transparent, like maybe that's 15%, 20%, 15%, 20%, but the amount of more deals you can get when you don't know, or just the peace of mind you have, at least from what we've seen, it it totally is worth it. Uh, because when we do wholesale a property, the seller knows we're doing it, right? And if you're novating, obviously, like they completely agree, like they signed a legal document saying you can do it. But that's something I was talking about with Brett, like, it's it's changed our business, honestly, just because we're able to just not really worry about like this, this, the deals, right? Like if we wholesale it, we wholesale it. If we don't, we don't. But so
1: what do you tell, so what do you tell a seller when you're wholesaling a deal? Oh,
0: that's a great question. uh So it depends on the state. So it's, if it's New York, we'll basically it's tell state them. Yeah. So <laughs> this is the show we will say, uh Hey, we usually it's a, so I'll start with this it's normally a haggle, right? Like, it's like, if I give you X, you take Y as a concession. So normally we're stuck on some number. And, and like I said, Brett is doing most of this, but I've trained him and I still deal with a little bit of it. Generally they're stuck on the number and we're pretty much right there. Like their bottom line is kind of our top line. Like we're, we're like kind of in that like zone of agreement. And we will basically tell the seller if we're not a hundred percent sure if it's a deal, It might be a deal we haven't seen it. You know, we buy over the phone, blah blah blah. We'll say, Listen, I think we can do 285 if you give us a 14 day due diligence period, and then you know, we're gonna have 14 days to do the due diligence. We might hire a home inspector and we might take in a few of our investors to potentially sell this property to them after we buy it from you for 285. Is that something you'd consider or probably not? And usually they're stuck on their number. So in order for them to get their number, they need to agree to our terms. And this is if we don't know. If it's a home run deal, then that this never comes up. We just buy it or wholesale it. So what we do in that scenario is if they agree to that, we'll sign an option contract. So we don't sign a attorney crazy contract with teeth in it. We sign a basically a one page document that says, I have the ability to buy the property for X, the seller is willing to sell the property for X. Um, in the option agreement, it says that if you wanna put a deposit down, you can put a deposit down. It says after uh, 14 days, and if the buyer wants to proceed, they will go you know, through the process of getting a regular contract signed with attorney and attorney like the two attorneys. Uh, it says buyer is not a broker, the buyer is a principal. Uh, buyer might assign this to someone else. It's basically just a document that says exactly what we're trying to do. And when you, if sign you wanted that.
1: to assign it, if you wanted to assign it, you would assign that option contract? No, you'd actually
0: go to- no, that's, this is where I hope no one's listening who would get me in trouble. <laughs> basically, uh, I'm just kidding. But uh, basically what happens is if we do this and we have a buyer who wants the property, we have to scramble to get that thing actually under contract. So then we're giving them the attorney, we're like here, as fast as you possibly can. I put the EMD in yesterday. Like, we're trying to get that property locked up as soon as possible because we don't want to. Because my attorney gets pissed. And, John, if you're listening, I love you, bro. If we get a buyer and then we don't have a contract with a seller, you know, it's just not a good scenario to be in because you have a product that you can't sell because you don't have control over it yet. So, um, we try to immediately get the seller to sign. Right. Sometimes, sometimes
1: the seller's attorney doesn't move so fast. So,
0: Well, normally, and I'm, I'm not perfect on this, but I would say nine out of 10 times, a seller who agrees to something like this does not have their own attorney. Um, and then actually the deal we did in Newburgh, this is exactly how we made money on that deal. Uh, this is exactly what I did because the guy was stuck at a number. Novation wouldn't have worked on that house. It was too beat up, but uh, this is exactly what we we, Michael and I did a deal together exactly what i just explained we had a deal we didn't weren't sure about i knew it was a good area in terms of demand put it out there and we ended up getting that guy i think i forget his name but he uh signed right away so that's how we do it basically that's our process and um it's a lot easier to do in other states obviously but in new york we're 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 just looking at it like this is like why we started doing this is because we're getting a lot of, we spend a lot of money on marketing. So, you know, we want to make it as much money as we can on all of our leads. And the contract process is such a pain in the ass in New York. And you have to put five grand down or a thousand. But like, even if you put a thousand bucks down, like you do three of those a month, that's like three grand a month of fixed cost, minimum. So we're like, how do we like take more swings? And we're like, why don't we just try doing this? And it started to work. We don't
1: us a deposit on the option contract.
0: No, no, no. I mean, in theory, you you can, but it's like, we don't really do
1: it. You're basically putting in the seller's mind that this is for 14 days. They're not going anywhere else. Yeah. And you're going to try to go out to the market and see it. And normally,
0: here's the thing with that. And I know you got to go in eight minutes, but with something like that, it's, it's, there's two things normally from, from me seeing this number one, it's probably not going to be a home run deal. Right? So if you lose the deal, like don't cry yourself to sleep. You don't really know. Because if this was a six-figure profit, like this would conversation wouldn't even come up, it would be yeah. like non-issue. And the second thing is that you're 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 negotiating from a very strong point of power from the seller because you're like, listen, I might want to do this, but you have to basically give me my terms in order for me to consider giving you your price. And you plant the seed of doubt in their mind that listen, and this is something that Brett is phenomenal at is you let them know. What the downside is before you sign this little document on DocuSign, you say, listen, there is a chance we will come back to you in 14 days and tell you the price is not going to work. That's your ultimate downside. And then we're just in the same position where we were when we started. Are you okay with that or probably not? And then we we just get the seller to let us know. But normally, like I said earlier, it's a haggling, it's a barter situation. Like they want their number and we could sell all day long and- doesn't matter you're
1: telling, you, you're telling you it's possible though i can give it to you so that's yeah that's
0: the yeah exactly um so that's what we're doing like i guess it's like a hybrid between novations and wholesales but i call them tweener deals
1: listen in in 49 states that's how they work i mean it. you that's can do point. that
0: with a normal contract i've done this in like pennsylvania where like like that's
1: a regular right, contract it's it's a regular contract bullshit. exactly complete bullshit well, it it, makes it's probably it. I may have to incorporate that into my- you got. I'm
0: telling you, man, it'll bring you another deal a month and it'll just be money in your pocket. And listen, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's the thing I like about it.
1: no like, downside.
0: There's no downside. It's like you tie up a property in theory for no risk. And yes, you don't have a binding contract, but here's another thing too. And I wish we were lawyers sometimes because I really uh, love getting into the weeds. But if you were to get like, let's say someone were to be like, oh, you're trying to market a property. You don't own blah, 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 whatever. If you pull out that document and you both signed it, you can't, well, I'm not an attorney, but you probably can't get in trouble because you you did everything. Like there's no, you can.
1: Who would, who would come to you with that complaint? I'm just saying.
0: Well, I'm just saying like, in theory, if someone was like, wanted to be an asshole and like say, oh, you can't do this," It's like, no, look at the document. Never, I've
1: never had anybody do that. And by the way, I have done that, right? So what I do.
0: Oh, I've, what done I do I've done that without
1: being in contract. <laughs> Exactly, and I've never <laughs> had somebody come to me and say, "Well, uh, you're you're." I've been boy.
0: scared a few times doing that. I have a deal right now, actually, where I'm I'm kind of naked uh, in the pool because <laughs> the guy's like, "I'm in Singapore." He wants the contract. The guy, the broker, won't call me back, and the guy wants like a huge deposit. And I'm like sitting here swimming naked, and the tide just came out, so I got to call <laughs> him uh, in probably 20 minutes
1: because it's going to be. You, anyway. Is that a deal where you're not sure if you want to do it?
0: it's a deal well apparently there's a buyer who wants it for 750 no 740 the seller agreed to 650 broker's going to make some money but it's not it's not straightforward there's tenants in there it's not straightforward and it's like not so simple no and they want a big deposit and he wants to close in 30 days. And it's not like a very easy peasy, as you would say, deal. So I'm like trying to, if the buyer is good to go, because they were like, they want to get a mortgage. And I'm like, dude, you can't get a mortgage. It's either cash or hard money. And then he's like, so I'm like, okay, I can risk my $6,000 deposit here and maybe try to find a buyer, but I could wait and take the risk. Maybe the seller goes away and wait for that buyer to actually commit. And then I'll go wire the six G's and it's not an issue. But anyway. Yeah. So this happens a lot too. Like, cause then it's like, eh, like, do I want to do this? I don't know. The guy wants this. The
1: buyer may disappear also.
0: Exactly. And then I'm stuck holding the bag, you know? So it, this is something that no one talks about. And I love how we only have four minutes left, but like this kind of shit is what like happens to everybody, at least in our New York area. Cause a lot of the properties are confusing and they're expensive and you don't really know what's going on. Like if, if the one takeaway, I guess for the listeners is like, you need to understand like every deal you do is not going to be the same. Like I've done business in other markets. Michael's done business in other markets. You could go to Dallas and literally go into a zip code and every single property is going to sell in between like 300 and 340. In our market, it's the complete opposite, <laughs> especially 100%. in the city like Yonkers and shit. Like you could be on one street in Yonkers and then you're getting shot at and then you go to the next street and you got to, you know, seven hundred thousand okay.
1: dollar. So Hempstead, I got a deal in Hempstead where I think I could buy it oh, for yeah, yeah. It's a Shithole blocks over in Garden City. where the property is yeah, a it's, million and a half. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, right. it's it's totally yeah. So the point, and we'll we'll wrap the show up now. The point of this uh, podcast is obviously to explain novations. But if you're in our area, if you're in the Northeast, if you're in New York, if you're in any market that's expensive, honestly, the more tools you have in your tool belt. It, you're just gonna. It's going to be so much easier to succeed with your marketing efforts. I was just reading a great book again called The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Gary Keller wrote it, and I was reading at the pool earlier, like he was talking about lead gen and really successful investors are a masters of lead generation. But if you you can get really good lead generation, but if you can't convert and turn these deals into money, you know it's going to be a lot harder to market because you're not going to have an ROI. But the more tools you have in your tool belt is going to ultimately help you. Definitely. Study more on novations. Just we'll give you some quick resources now. There's uh, there's two gentlemen that I know pretty well that teach this, or three of them Eric Brewer, I think it's brewermethod.com, Corey Geary, it's
1: novation nation.
0: novation nation.com, and I know Todd Toback just came out with something too that's novation. His, yeah, they're all the same. I think his is, I forget what it's called, novationclass.com, but. There are people who have done more innovations than Michael and I who teach this at a high level. So we recommend if you really want to get good at this, I would um, pay one of those trainers to learn, but also take into effect the fact that they do not do business in New York. So you have to take our podcast and then merge that with the training and then you'll have success. (laughs) You know, it's like anyone in New York, it's like just you got to take that information and then like talk to one of us and then we'll tell you how to. Execute because if you don't, right. you're gonna be just how it
1: how and why it works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. All right, Michael. Well listen, I know you gotta go at eight thirty, so uh I'm gonna get ready for bed here in Singapore and I will talk to you again.